Welcome to the Cowboy Ed, where we saddle up and ride through all sorts of educational topics. Today we've got a really, you know, we've got a follow-up on an earlier episode, and, and we're really excited to have a chance to talk about, well, A, what happened in that legislative session in Wyoming relating to education, but then also, maybe more important too, is what's coming what's going to happen in the the interim session what are some of those topics try to get as much of that information out there so teachers and educators and all those that are passionate about education have an idea of what's happening so they can continue to have their their ponies saddled up and their and their voices heard so we are super lucky to uh, have tate mullen from the wyoming education association with us again saddled up and riding how you doing tate i'm doing well it's good to be here thank you for having me so tate we talked before the legislative session got over and there were some issues i mean there was not issues there were some bills and and things approaching or, or impacting education how did that so what came out of the legislative session anything we should be really excited about or anything we should you know be still talking about as far as what happened in in the last legislative session. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll I'll discuss these in terms of kind of uh, priorities. So um, one of the biggest priorities moving into this session was, of course, the external cost adjustment. And then I'll discuss some of the bills that we we had worked and seen during this legislative session. Uh, So the the external cost adjustment uh, is essentially adjusting the price. If you look at how prices for fuel, we pay adjusted prices for goods and services and the same holds true for education and it is an obligation statutorily right uh statutorily and within the constitution and campbell cases making sure that we have a cost-based model for education to adjust for inflation and they're required to do this the year after recalibration and it's supposed to be adjusted on an annual basis now this started prior to the session and what that external cost adjustment does is make sure that dollars are flowing to education so that we can purchase the things or the school districts can purchase the things that they need to to run efficiently and effectively. Um, mainly, a lot of that goes towards teacher salaries. You know, there's four components. So teacher salaries, non-professional salaries, utilities, you know, so what does it take to heat the building and then have, uh, along those four indices. Uh, well, unfortunately, even though the Joint Education Committee uh, during this last interim had had recommended a $72.3 million biennial uh, external cost adjustment, the Joint Appropriations Committee ignored both the Joint Education Committee and the governor's recommendation for higher uh, adjustments and moved forward with a single ten million single year $10 million external cost adjustment. This will only cover, uh, will barely cover the uh, inflation for utilities and supplies and does nothing for uh, teacher salaries or non-professional salaries. So this is is highly problematic, especially given the the rate of inflation that, that we have seen. This is going to be one of the things that they are going to look at during the interim, but it has been some time since the legislature has implemented a full external cost adjustment for education. So this was, um, and we saw a lot of debate on the floor on this. There was some specific arguments around uh, how do we ensure if the legislature were to approve 
an external cost adjustment? How do we make sure that districts are spending those dollars where they need to? Um, and just so everyone, just a little refresher here, education is funded through a block grant, right? So districts receive this block grant and they have discretion about how and where those dollars are spent because every district has different needs. So they know where they need to spend those dollars. Um, but the concern amongst the legislature is that districts are somehow perceived as ineffective or inefficient with their allocation of dollars and they wanted to make sure that those dollars got directly into the hands of educators. Um, but uh, needless to say, we, we ended up with a very low $10 million one-year external cost adjustment. So, Tate, Tate I'm going to interrupt you just for a second because that's a huge, huge topic out there. And, and I don't know that every teacher, I think every teacher and administrator, I think they we've all heard ECA, we've all seen different things, but that was a really good explanation of of what it what it is and what it means to education and, and that inflation piece is a huge deal right now, not only in, in Wyoming, but across the country. And so it, it's kind of a as as I'm sitting here scratching scratching my head under my cowboy hat, it, it seems like we're potentially headed for for another court case um, where districts the it almost feels like the legislature not to put you in the prediction mode here but the, the legislature is challenging it saying okay let's go to court let's uh, let's because we don't have the money or we're not going to do it you know um and i'm not going to get predictive uh but what i will say is that you know just in discussion with certain legislators uh there does seem to be a sentiment of they're tired of guessing, right? You know, what are we truly obligated to do? What is it that we're we're supposed to do when it comes to education funding? And in this context, the external cost adjustment. Um, and, and there has been sentiment from from a few legislators that they're, you know, and it's not in um, at least the discussions I've had has been in an aggressive form, but it's almost like they're seeking guidance from the court, right? Um, I don't know whether there there will be another court case or not, but uh, it, the external cost adjustment um, is 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 problematic, right? Again, I think the, the the big piece here is that an external cost adjustment is a component of a cost based model, which is required within the Campbell cases. Um, and they haven't provided a full external cost adjustment for, for quite some time. And those dollars really, I mean, since 85% of dollars that are spent on education, those go towards salaries. So when you're saying that, hey, we're not going to adjust for inflation, you are really hurting districts' ability to attract and retain. And we've already got a substantial teacher shortage and uh, attraction and retention problem in the state of Wyoming. And this potentially compounds that problem even further. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think uh, that, that we've spent a lot of time talking about how do we keep good teachers? How do we get good teachers in? And in the end, there is this argument out there that what other profession do we have that you have to take an extra job to pr provide for your family or, or provide a good living? But so we'll see this. This is going to be an interesting one to follow. What else came out of that legislative session? So uh, let's talk about some of the bills uh, that we saw. There was a lot of content and curriculum bills um, is what I what I like to term them as. Um, we did see uh, the K through three reading bill, reading and intervention bill move forward. Um, that was something that President Hutcherson 
uh, and myself had worked very closely with the bringers of that bill to, to, to try and move that forward. We recognize the importance of making sure that our, our students in K through three roll out of there at appropriate reading levels because it's a great predictor of their, their future academic success and then their, their career success later on. Um, so we were happy to see that one move forward and we'll keep tracking uh, what that what that looks like. Senate file 50, the fairness uh, in women's athletics uh, was brought by Senator Schuler. Um, this bill was a blatant violation of Title IX of the Education Amendments of 1972. Those title the Title IX Act protects people from discrimination based on sex and education uh, programs and activities. And then on June 16th of last year, the U.S. Department of Education Office for Civil Rights issued a notice of interpretation saying that they're going to apply these same protections to sexual orientation and gender identity. So what that would have essentially done is had they passed Senate File 50, a bill that would have banned transgendered uh, uh, athletes from participating in women's sports, something that isn't a problem here in Wyoming, uh, by the way. Um, it would have made that uh, in, in violation of the, the, the federal law. Um, we have a pretty gold standard here in the state of Wyoming. As a matter of fact, this bill arose out of an issue in our neighboring state, Utah. So it wasn't even a Wyoming problem. Wyoming, the Wyoming High School Athletics Association has a policy on their books, has for the past eight years, that has been the gold standard of how to address this issue. And we've had no problems within the state. Um, so this was really kind of a moot bill, and it seemed to be just one of those bills that uh, uh, kind of echoed the rhetoric that we've been hearing out across uh, across the nation. Some of the bills that we really focused on uh, during this legislative session are what we like to call content and curriculum bills. Uh, we saw a number of these, uh, four to be exact, during this legislative session, and these are also what are termed uh, critical race theory bills. And I think before you know talking about this, it's important to understand that critical race theory uh, is typically a, a higher education graduate level coursework uh, that is not associated with K through 12 curriculum. Uh, those bills that we saw ranged in terms of their complexity and, and how they were going to address that issue or attempt to address that issue. Anything from having students be able to pass a um, a citizenship test to uh, a lot of curriculum mandates through through legislation. Uh, all of this culminating within Senate File 62, the Civics Transparency Act. Uh, that bill specifically focused on some of the uh, bigger talking points that we've seen at the national level that that are faulty dog whistles in that, um, that there's a transparency issue in terms of education, and especially in the state of Wyoming. Uh, educators across the state know that there are multiple access points for parents to reach out to either educators or follow a chain of command if there are problems or concerns or questions that they have about their, their child's education. Um, and the Wyoming Education Association values parent input uh, in terms of you know, student success and student education, that's a valuable component, um, but it isn't a problem that we are seeing uh, within our schools across the state. That bill also attempted to, to legislatively mandate in an a la carte fashion uh, some of the uh, social studies curriculum, as well as it, it would have 
increased the teacher workload uh, for our educators whose plates are already far too full. So looking ahead, right, let's talk about, unless you have any questions, we can talk about some of the, the interim topics. Well, I'll jump in here for a second. That is it's just such good information. This is one of those, one of our podcasts that you, you might have to like pause it and take some and think about and then listen to it after you, you know, have a sandwich and then go for a jog. And then there's, there's just a lot of good information in there, but I absolutely appreciate you know, this idea, we, we have to continually kind of think about the legislature. Are they addressing problems or, I mean, maybe in their mind, I guess if we had a legislative member here, maybe they'd be looking at it as, well, we're preventing something from happening. Who knows about that? But, but, but it is when we start legislating curriculum, if you will, it, it definitely creates a, a different challenge for us, for educators, because it, it challenges teachers. You want people in any line of work to think and try to improve and create. And so suddenly yeah, when, when you're legislating, well, how you should or shouldn't, or you can or can't talk about different issues, uh, it, it creates an environment where teachers become fearful and, and kind of, as we've talked about a couple of these different things, uh, teachers, we've got to figure out a way to validate and support education because we need educators and, and yeah, how do we keep them? How do we get those young ones coming in? How do we keep some of those ones that are on the verge of leaving? And, and these things all, not one of them by themselves is the deciding issue, but they all pile up and yeah, they, they begin to take their toll on education and, and we want to still continue in all things be the gold standard of education uh, across the country. So yeah, now let's, let's shift our focus to let's turn those those horses looking forward what's what's the interim topics so there were uh there's a, there was a pretty substantial list i think there were roughly 31 or 32 different topics that were being proposed to the joint uh, education committee and of those there were uh, a few that that are that we'll highlight. We don't need to discuss them all. We actually proposed one and got it approved by a number of legislators. So um, that is, again, this this all-important uh, teacher attraction and retention. What is the state of Wyoming doing? What are we not doing? Um, what can we do better to make sure that we are attracting and retaining the types of educators that provide uh, the type of high quality, high caliber education system that we have in the state of Wyoming, thanks in large part to the type of educators that we have here and paraprofessionals. Uh, Representative Paxton had also proposed this, so the fact that we had proposed it and it got accepted by other legislators and then a member of the Education Committee proposed it as well, it is going to be one of the uh, most substantial topics uh, to be addressed. We are currently engaged on a number of fronts right now uh, to be able to look at, we're we're working at the, with the University of Wyoming on a study looking at teacher attraction and retention, as well as, you know, uh, attrition. Um, we've started doing deep dives in terms of our own data because uh, we want to be able to prevent some, pre present some really relevant and important information uh, to our uh, joint education committee during this interim over this topic because we think, truthfully, it is the most important topic facing education in the state of Wyoming. One of the other interim topics is kind of a spin off of that K through three reading bill. 
that was that was passed, they want to look at a number of things within within K through 12 education, but specifically those uh, those younger years. All right. Um, one of those components is education funding. And I will I'm going to conclude with that. But some of these other pieces is are the basket of goods. What are we teaching? Uh, is it preparing our students for uh, careers of today and tomorrow, not just with, within Wyoming, but within a, a global economy? So that's one of the things that they really want to take a peek at. Those are their top two priorities. Uh, some of the other ones that they're looking at and that will come up, uh, there is a big focus on school choice. Now, the Wyoming Education Association absolutely values people's ability to, to choose what type of education they want their child to receive. If they want to receive a parochial education, they can receive a parochial education. If they want to do a charter school, that's fine. If you want homeschool, school choice is fine. Um, however, within our Wyoming constitution, uh, and, and the WEA strongly stands by this component of the, the, the Wyoming Constitution is that public dollars should not be used to fund those types of schools. Um, there's a big push to have those dollars follow a student wherever they go. Um, as that is right now, that would be unconstitutional. Uh, we need to make sure that uh, our, our K-12 public education system is funded and that we're not bleeding dollars to schools that it's constitutionally, that it would violate the Wyoming Constitution to, to fund. So there's going to be an examination into that. Um, I will say a, a couple other things here. You know, we did not have the focus on education funding this go-round, and mainly uh, because they can't. Right, uh, because the maintenance of effort, maintenance of equity that is associated with the American Rescue Plan dollars basically prohibits the state of Wyoming from cutting education funding for the next few years. Um, it provides a, a little bit of a blanket for education and education funding. However, uh, it doesn't take much reading between the lines to understand that there's still an appetite within the legislature, certain segments of the legislature, that as soon as that maintenance of effort, maintenance of equity expires, that they are looking at cutting education funding. It is it, it is still on their appetite. It is it is still on their radar, and it is something that people should be prepared to address. But for the next couple of years, at least, especially with this maintenance of effort, maintenance of equity, um, we should be shielded from that. But we don't want to get blindsided by that either. Um, so those are those were some of the the major interim topics that uh, that they'll be moving moving forward on well you bring up a, a lot of you know the the public dollars being used for you know however that is phrased private schools uh, parochial schools charter schools I mean however those those kind of pieces play and and obviously on that side of the debate there's there's debate that competition breeds better uh, better education for all kids whether they go to a private school or they go to a public school and therefore that money would actually you know be somehow so it, it's an interesting it's an interesting debate but and, and and we could have a whole long podcast on you know if we ran schools purely like a business would they be better but under the under the rules we have in place right now public schools are not quote unquote, a business. They are there to serve 
all students equally. And so, yeah, that, that'll be an interesting one because it divides, it divides people's opinions. It, I, you know, it also impacts people's opinions about that current teachers aren't doing or and schools aren't doing their job. So these, this other means is going to be, so it, I hate to say it, it's almost a divide and conquer attack on, it feels like, I shouldn't say it is, it feels like a divide and conquer attack sometimes on education, which then leads us, go ahead, Tate. Oh, sorry. So, so it, it is, uh, and, and I, you know, and without getting into a, a substantial debate about this, if anybody wants to go find this book, it's called Escaping Jurassic Government. And it's the idea that, you know, we, we hear this a lot that, that, that government or service provision like education should be run like a business. The fact of the matter is, is that it cannot be, um, that they are two totally different beasts because of the way we need to address equity issues and the way that we need to address effectiveness issues, we have to look at service provision a little bit differently uh, in terms of, uh, of government and, and private. And in, in terms of what that looks like for our students, right, because it is an equity issue, we want to make sure that all of our students receive an education that prepares them for success uh, in the economy of today and tomorrow in a global economy. What ends up happening uh, within that battle for for those dollars is that you what we have seen and what the data has borne out is that it ends up being a race to the bottom and it ends up disproportionately impacting low income students at risk students and those students who don't have the means to potentially attend uh, some of these what are maybe termed better schools right they they'll poach quality educators. Uh, they they end up basically with a better system that then depletes our public education system. So it's it, it's it is a, a substantial debate, but um, I guess the only caution I would I would urge is that if we want to fix our K through 12 system, if we want to make it better, uh, that this is not the avenue to go down. We have means that we can address some of the issues that are presented in our K through 12 system. But this only works to compound those problems. Well said, well said. It's definitely something we want to keep the horses tuned into. And then that last piece you talked about not being able to cut education, but it being on, you know, in, in their bellies, in their appetite. Uh, you know, I, I wonder if that plays into some of the decisions about how they might look at funding different pieces that because they don't want to be tied to something and then have to potentially come back and, and cut that later. So the, the funding issue definitely is is important to all of us, and we need to make sure we're having those conversations as well. And and I'll throw this in here as, as our ride kind of winds towards the end here. Teachers, educators, all those out there listening, don't forget this. If you don't tell your story, somebody else is going to tell the story. And we too often in education bite our tongue. And don't talk about the good things, even some of the struggles. Uh, we, we let other people frame a, one bad experience or one incident in this school, potentially in another state. Tell our stories. Talk about it at the grocery store. Talk about it at, at church. Talk about it when you're hanging out with your friends. Post things about the good parts of your job uh, and, and the good things that how your interactions are happening with kids and, and the amazing things our students are doing. Post those on social media tell our story uh, because otherwise the story is getting painted as 
in, in, in essence, what we every single thing we possibly can do is 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 wrong, and, and we don't want that, and we know that's not the case. So, please, please tell your story. Now, with that, I do. I'm going to turn the mic over for Tate because I know as this goes through the the interim session, this um, interim subcommittee conversations this summer as we get ready for for the next session. Uh, where can what, where's that spot? I'll let you you show that share that out there, and then we'll we'll put it in the the meeting notes as well. Where can teachers, educators, people want to go to to find information? Absolutely. So um, th we've got a couple of sources. So first and foremost, if you're looking for interim committee information, uh, when the committees are going to meet, where they're going to meet, how you can sign up to testify if you want to provide testimony, uh, that's simply the yoledge.gov website. Uh, they have a scrolling banner on there. It's fairly intuitive. It's, it's very accessible. Um, all of that information is very, very easily found uh, on that yoledge website. Um, we have some uh, some additional information uh, for education uh, uh, folks out there. We launched our report card prior to this session. Um, you know, we know that education is a talking point for every politician. Um, you know, it's everybody supports public education until they don't. And we wanted to make sure that we had a means to really track and dissertain who actually supports public education. So if you hop on WYOEA.org, um, we have that uh, under the legislative updates. There's a, a banner at the bottom of the page that if you click there, it will it will link you to our, our legislative legislators report card, as well as our bill tracker that gives you information about uh, the, the bills that were in this last session, what maybe your specific senator or representative, how they voted on those bills. Uh, accountability is key, right? Because uh, I think that education gets used as a talking piece uh, quite a bit, but then when we look to see how people actually support education, sometimes that varies. So if you're looking for legislative information, wioledge.gov, or if you're looking for the legislative report card to track uh, your senator or your representative, wioea.org. Well, thank you, Tate, for joining us. Lots of information here, and we will definitely be, you know, bringing the horses back around here probably at the end of summer to see how some of those topics have gone and, and what is happening there. Uh, but we definitely appreciate uh, all the information that you bring to us. And, and God, we've, we've rode for a while today, and it was important, but the, the horses are a little tired now. So it's time to wrap up our ride with a head them up, move them on. Move them on, head them up, head them up, move them on. Cowboy Ed on the run.